s s s s e e e e q q q q u u u u e e e e l l l l sequel cast. Me, so just think it. Do you want it straight up? You on top? Me on top? Do you want it from behind? On your knees, my face in the pillow. Do you want to beat me up? Just a little, not too hard. Oh, a little harder than that. Do you want to come in my mouth? What if I told you that I masturbate thinking about you? That I make myself come thinking about you, making yourself come. I guess we're out of time for today. Do you want to come in my mouth?、Uh, <laughs> Hello and welcome to the sequel cast. The sequel cast is a movie that、uh, is a show that talks about movies in a franchise or movie at a time.、Uh, we're at the end of talking about the Basic Instinct duology, with Basic Instinct Two released in some、uh, countries as Basic Instinct to Risk Addiction. With me is Sabrina. Hello. And、uh, Robert Wagner、uh, was supposed to join us today, but he、uh, caught chlamydia from watching Sharon Stone <laughs> in Basic Instinct too. So, like Robert and I, like I only met him in person for the first time recording last week's Basic Instinct episode, but、uh, that was a lot of fun. And we, over Twitter, we've exchanged like fifty messages about Basic Instinct too. So I know he's very passionate about this movie.、Mm-hmm. He owned it on Blu-ray. And、uh, you know, when most people they take a shower, they use like a soap or a sponge. He used the Basic Instinct Two Blu-ray. Nice. It has a high definition cleaning power. Very cool. <laughs> so,、uh, how has your week been, Sabrina? It's a, your first week off, Mary Poppins, right?、Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been all right. It's been a little difficult to try to get readjusted, reacquainted into society a little bit. That makes it sound like I've been like completely stuck, but、um, no, it's been all right. You know, yeah,、I'm、just. Trying to get over being tired, and you know, isn't it weird when after something like that you realize, oh my god, I have all this time. Um, yeah, but it's weird because I seem to be filling it up、uh, with other stuff to do. So, ah,、uh, you know, it, it is what it is. Yeah, you know, I get done with、uh, you know doing Mary Poppins, I hop right back into doing trivia. So I'm not really,、mm. you know, I'm only, hey, my weekends are free. So where do you do trivia now in the Portland area?、Um, I do trivia at the、uh, Southeast Jolly Roger on Wednesdays at eight o'clock, and、uh, then I'm I also, usually there too. Yes, and not, not doing trivia,、there. but I'm on a team that's losing. No, you guys actually do pretty good. <laughs> it's okay. It's a like the Jolly Roger. It's a great place, but the seating for the trivia isn't the best. No, like we turn up thirty minutes early and still have to sit at the bar. Yeah, it just the, depends on the week. And <laughs> other times there's like、yeah. three teams, and so there's you know like nobody around. So it just totally depends. But let me tell local Portland, Oregon listeners a secret about the Jolly Roger. So between rounds of trivia, people get smoke breaks. I take a fried pie break. 
I go to, they have a bunch of the uh, food carts, you uh-huh. know, at the block next door. And they have something called Whiffies. And they do fried pies. Some are vegan, some aren't. But I had a fried mounds pie, ah. chocolate and coconut. And mm-hmm. I also had a fried apple pie. And uh, they're, they also take credit cards. And I think it's like four to five bucks. That's where you go? Yeah. Damn it, Matt. I didn't know that. I would have gone with you. I'll have to get you one next time. Oh, that would be awesome. Pie to go. Yeah. I'm trying to cut back on the smoking. So, you know, I'll just keep cut stuff in my face. Cut out the smoking up in the pie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, speaking of pies, you never wanted to see Sharon Stone, Basic Instinct oh. 2. <laughs> Good uh, tangent. But uh, we had some f- feedback on the Facebook page. Feedback on uh, Facebook, if you just look up Sequel Cast. <laughs> Uh, we do a lot of things on there. Yeah, and like, you know, like fan us or like us or something. Um, and, you know, talk with us, chat with us, tell us what you're wanting us to do. But uh, yeah, there was some feedback um, you had put out next week on Sequel Cast. We'll talk about Basic Instinct 2. The next few weeks after that, we'll cover a series of movies that fans have requested the most. Yep. So I know that you don't want to give it away until we get done with this episode as to what we're doing for the next yeah. series. Um, but yeah, um, our friend Andrew... Um, Andrew uh, in the butt is usually what he's known by, like on the chat box and stuff. Okay. Um, yeah, he's he's really excited about it. He thinks that it might be Aliens and Predator, maybe Dune. Oh. Um, a couple, a Susan says, I'm surprised that you guys haven't done Star Wars yet or the Die Hard series. You know, the Star Wars, Star Trek is a question I get a lot. And uh, you and I have talked about that, Sabrina. And I just think there's so many podcasts devoted just to Star Wars and just to Star Trek that, A, I think we'd seem incompetent talking about it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like you know maybe i'll write an ebook called like sequel cast star wars or something just talking about that and writing like i don't know like that might be a better avenue for me to explore that Mm -hmm. but as a podcast all that stuff it's just so overdone i like star wars i like star trek but there's other places you can go where they talk about star wars comic books or condoms or whatever length ad nauseum Uh i mean you know i mean if you really wanted some like i don't know humor or a hilarity then yes you would watch us review star trek because i haven't seen any but one oh and i'm not a huge fan so that would be really interesting uh because i don't know shit about it so um yeah it pro- I'd probably actually you know what don't it would be annoying after a while because you'd be like well this lady is just stupid so right. when you know star wars yeah i could probably get into that they were like six weeks though i mean that's the problem right i mean besides it being overdone like a while back in the sequel cast, back with uh, Jersey Jason and Thrasher and myself, we did all five, sorry, six Planet of the Apes movies. Oh, my God. And that, I, I love those movies. I think it's a great franchise, but it just kind of beats you up after a while. Yeah, I think. So, I mean, try and keep it to, like, movie series that have two or three of them. Mm-hmm. Keeps it more convenient. Oh, yeah. Um, but I'll give a hint for the end of the show. It is going to be a series of, I guess you could say, science fiction, action, films. Yeah, yeah I could, that, that's a very good description. Not giving it away. about technology in there. All right. Mm-hmm. So um, let's move on to Basic Instinct 2. Oh, can we? Yeah. Ah. No, I wish I didn't have to, but we do. <laughs> Sequel cast, soldier on. We suffer, so um, We suffer, you don't so have you don't to. have to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get that on a t-shirt. That'd be great. Uh, 2006, this came out. So 14 years after the original. And uh, you mind if I go into some behind the scenes stuff on this? Go There's for it. Yeah. Research. So this had been a development for a really long time. They originally wanted Michael Douglas and Sharon Stone back. Michael Douglas wisely said no. They tried to get, you know, top-tier directors. And um, that didn't pan out either. No one was really interested in this except for Sharon Stone because her career after Basic Instinct, while she did the Martin Scorsese film uh, Casino, 
and did Quick and the Dead, a Sam Raimi cowboy thing. Like, she didn't take off like she was supposed to, like she was meant to, I think. Because mm-hmm. don't you think Sharon Stone is talented? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. And I don't know what it is about when women get older, unless they're fat, you don't see them in movies. Mm-hmm. Or, or Kathy Bates, sometimes if they're serious and they turn to comedies. And uh, Sharon Stone was in a Bill Murray movie called Broken Flowers or something like that, an independent film. Um, that she was okay in. But, I mean, yeah, it's really tough for women as they get older as compared to men. It's not fair. Mm-hmm. It's a double standard. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, can you think of any actresses that really have aged on screen and seem to do... Like, Jodie Foster. Eh, um, I could okay. think of Jodie Foster, Annette Benning, Meryl Streep. Uh, Who was the girl that was in one of the Hannibal Lecter movies that wasn't Jodie Foster? Julianne Moore. That's she's right. excellent. I think yeah. she's aging very gracefully. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a ton of there's a ton of ladies that are out there that are still doing really good work and, and that are. It's just... But less American than British ladies. Uh, yeah, because you know what? British ladies... You know, aside from like Kate Blanchett, uh, actually, I think she's she's like Walesish or something. She's like she might be Australian, maybe or Australian or New, New Zealand, Zealand or something. New Zealandish, what do you call it? Yeah, they're not <laughs> really. It's not to say that they're not all that attractive to begin with. Yeah, but uh, I don't think that you're supposed to expect that they are. And the basic instinct too, like they could have made this franchise into like the Hannibal Lecter of mm-hmm. movie franchises if they had done it a few years after the original in the late nineties. But this came out 14 years after the original, 2006. This had a budget of $70 million. And you watch this movie, you're like, why so much? I guarantee you Sharon Stone got 20 or $30 million, whether she deserved it or not. Mm-hmm. And um, they, were supposed, they did it in England to save money. They, the choice was either Canada or England. And they thought, well, England is more interesting. Watching the actors in this movie, that's up for debate. But uh, the opening budget seventy million worldwide grossed only thirty two million Ooh. and the u s only grossed six million dollars but this did very well on dVD and blu ray it's made its money back through that oh not all of it After, though no I'm sure it takes and whenever I say these budgets these are from boxofficemojo.com, which is an estimate it doesn't include things like advertising right and it's just a budget it doesn't necessarily mean that that's what they spent either Right. It's, it's a budget. So yep. like, hey, this is what you were given. I mean, everybody knows what a budget is. I don't need to explain it. Well, this next statistic is uh, really sad. So the opening weekend that came out, I don't have that exact date, but, uh, you know, number nine, The Shaggy Dog, a remake of The Shaggy Dog, a talking dog movie. Number 10, Basic Instinct 2. <laughs> number 11, slightly below, Larry the Cable Guy, Health Inspector. Oh, wow. That was his theatrical film debut. Well, I guess other than uh, whatever, Hicks of Comedy, I don't know what it's called. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah. Wow, that's kind of pathetic. And um, as we get into talking about the characters, you know, Sharon Stone and Michael Douglas were such great actors to play off each other. Michael Douglas is very strong, so is Sharon Stone. And originally, instead of David Morrissey as Dr. Glass, they had Rupert Everett all lined up, cast in the part. Do you know who he is? Uh, I do. He is a British guy. A British guy. He played Dr. Claw in the Inspector Gadget movie starring Matthew Broderick. He was up and coming around the same time as Jude Jude Law. And Mm -hmm. both of them were supposed to take off and neither really did. Rupert Everett, he came out and said he was gay pretty early on in his career and that didn't do very well for his uh, career in the States, unfortunately. And because of that, he was shit-canned from the movie and financing was lost, and the movie was made four years later than it would have otherwise. Oh, wow. Because they said, well, what, what's the American public going to think if they see a gay guy playing a lead role, a heterosexual male role, opposite Sharon Stone in a sex uh, thriller? Uh, oh. Which is... No, I mean, that makes sense. 
uh, in a it's way. Kind it's, of, it's offensive at the same time, but... Yeah, but I mean, it's almost kind of like with the other movie that I... It's actually one of my favorites. It's uh, Six Days, Seven Nights with uh, Anne really? Hayes. Yeah, Harrison I really like... Ford? Yeah, and Harrison okay. Ford. I like yeah. that movie. I just think that it's cute. That came for free with my DVD player 15 I, years you know, ago. I know, and I think it's just... <laughs> I think it's a cute movie. Okay, okay. Um, but it's kind of one of those... Um, uh, she's gay and she's I mean she yeah. was gay when she was filming this film and but you just suspend reality of the fact that she's actually gay in real life and which I don't think she is anymore but whatever um, and that she's you know hey she's making out with Harrison Ford who's you know let's face it 20 years older than she is at that point too yeah um, but you just kind of like suspend the reality from it so yeah I mean I, I get where some people may be coming from with that I don't necessarily agree with it mm-hmm. um, it's amazing how many other people were um Attached to this movie in some way, shape, or form. Oh, yeah. I mean, the director was uh, a lot of directors. Paul Verhoeven, the director of the original, got close to doing it. John McTiernan, the director of Die Hard, got close to doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Cronenberg, who did um, what In- Infernal Affairs and uh, oh, History of Violence, The Fly, all these classic things, was supposed to have done it. Yeah, even like for the actors though, for the male actors, yeah. um, Robert Downey Jr. was set too. But uh, really, was, oh, that would have been something. Yeah, yeah, he was charged with the drug possession. So oh, yeah, bye bye. Uh, <laughs> actually, man. it probably would have fit. I all right, that one. Uh, Kurt Russell was actually attached to this, but he bailed out because he was uncomfortable with the nudity. Hmm. Um, but he's done nudity, or at least ass nudity, rear nudity before. Yeah, and things. And yeah, we didn't see his junk in the other dudes' junk in this one. So no. You know, uh, Pierce Brosnan actually refused to play the the male hmm. lead role because of the detaste, distasteful elements. Uh, Bruce well, Greenwood. Pierce Brosnan, he was in a movie um, where he grabbed Jamie Lee Curtis's tits the entire time, oh. pulling them out of her dress, called The Tailor of Panama. Oh. And stars a young Daniel Radcliffe, better known as Harry Potter. Oh, yes. I remember seeing that a really long time ago, though. I recall it being very slow. and uh, Yeah, maybe that's why I forgot dreary. about it. That's really interesting. But yeah, they tried to get this done for a long time. And I can see, you know, it's difficult to fill the shoes of Michael Douglas or Sharon Stone is supposed to be, um, as an actress, a bitch to work with. Well, here's the last one. The very last actor that was supposed to be, that was supposed to be attached to this was Benjamin Bratt. And uh, he was banned by Sharon Stone for not being a good actor. As per Sharon Stone. I don't know. He's okay. Oh. He's all right, but I just yeah. I think that's really kind of a shitty thing. So I'm sorry you can't be in this because you're a shit actor. Well, uh, you right. know, unless the director tells that is you a that. Shitty thing. But who you do you know? think? Let's play a little game for a second, Sabrina, before we talk about Basic Instinct Two, because mm-hmm. I really don't want to talk about Basic Instinct Two, <laughs> if at all possible. Okay. Who do you think would have made a better uh, Doctor Glass than David Morrissey? Um, you know, because I was thinking of British actors. If you're going to keep it in England. I thought immediately Liam Neeson. And as soon as I saw that, uh, then yes, my mind immediately went to Liam Neeson uh-huh. as well. Um, I don't, I think anybody else would have been a little too young. Anybody else yeah. that, I was th- that I'm thinking about, like a Ewan McGregor or something like that. Hmm. I, Ewan McGregor, I think, would probably be a good... You could have played up the cougar angle, but that wasn't really yeah, a thing Yeah, like at the a Dougray Scott or something like that. Yeah. Um, but I think those guys are a little... You know, Hugh Jackman um, is always going to be Wolverine, or he's always going to be the Tony Award-winning, yeah. you know, s- stage actor. He's never going to yeah. be anything else to me. So, no, hmm. I don't think that's that's probably a good one. Like out of all the stupid names I wrote down on my notes here, the one I think that could have been clever. What if it would have been an older man like Malcolm McDowell, who played the main guy in Clockwork Orange? He's in his sixties or something now. 
He's really, you know, you don't yeah, know. Yeah, I know who is. you're talking about. Yeah. Um, I honestly, I think if you had that would have been too old. Yeah, I think it would have been too old. You would have been able weird. to uh, do it so that it was. Uh, no, that's not what I wanted, people. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm trying to look at Malcolm McDowell. You're looking um, up how to do the jellyfish. Shut up. <laughs> he was born in 1943. Yeah, so he was so yeah, he's a little 70. older. I, you know, honestly, I can't see that one because then it's nothing more than a cougar movie. Right. Or not if, a cougar movie, but like a, a mooger. Sugar daddy. Mooger. Yeah, like a, yeah, yeah, that's like when the man is older. <laughs> so that's okay. why I call him a mooger. Um, then, yeah, it just becomes a, you know, an Anna Nicole Smith, like, you know, hmm. tycoon kind of. I don't know, it just it has a different feel to me for something like that. And originally, before this movie, you know, flopped so badly in the theaters, there was talks of Basic Instinct 3 and Sharon Stone was wanting to direct it. But then she claimed she wasn't going to star in it. Oh. And all I could think of is maybe the character would have died in the first five minutes and it would have been a copycat killer. Yeah, I guess I could see that. Or you could, if they would have done for Basic Instinct 2, had Sharon Stone teach like another lesbian or bi person to kill people, that might have been kind of fun. Yeah, it would kind of like a, you know, like an apprentice mm-hmm. master type thing. You're fired. Yeah, but I don't think that I think that she would just according to like as per her character and we'll get a little bit more into that as if we haven't enough already. But I think she would just ha- she would be too possessive. She would take over and just be like, you know, what, little pipsqueak, you're gone. I'm going to do it myself. I don't think that but she that's would. That's a point. She has a edge to her. Oh, yeah. I don't think that she has the ability to actually teach anybody anything. And regardless of the quality of uh, Basic Instinct 2, I think Sharon Stone still does a good job. And I think she looks better in this movie somehow than in the first one. Well, yeah. She's older and she's like, you know, she has cheekbones and she's not as like, I don't want to say fat because she wasn't in the first one at all. I don't think she was as fit. Yeah, maybe not as fit. Exactly. Yeah. And we do see her naked uh, a couple times. But um, honestly, I think it's the hair. I think it's the hairstyle that does a lot it's for thinner, her. thinner, isn't it? Yeah, it's thinner and it's longer. more modern and it's longer mm. and it's like kind of like what the What did you think of bangs. the costumes? I thought they were good. Yeah. Um, you know, they're a little, um, a lot more tasteful, I think, as per how she has gotten older. Right. And the movie makes no, it doesn't really make a whole lot of reference as to the fact that 14 years has passed. But it's... It mentions the original film in passing, but you really have to look for it. Okay. Well, yeah, I know she like mentions like how Nick was or whatever, but I don't think it gives any kind of like timeline as to like, hey, this happened Mm -hmm. five years ago or whatever. So I think as per how much time did elapse, I think they actually did a really good job with uh, kind of aging her character into the times. I'm looking here at the uh, cover of the uh, British DVD and there's a quote (laughs) from a review that says, uh, she's back, that fag smoking, legs uncrossing, no pants wearing minx. And uh, If only the movie would have been as fun as that review quote. Oh. I don't know. See, I think Basic Instinct 2... Well, let's go into the characters first. Okay. With what... Uh, talk about Sharon Stone. David Morrissey is doc- Dr. Michael Glass. Did you find him fascinating Ugh. riveting? Ugh. He looks like Colin Firth, I thought. I... <clears throat> excuse me. I am not a fan of this gentleman. I yeah. am... I'm a fan of Colin Firth only because I think he's a good actor. Yeah. I think that in a this role... This guy isn't Colin Firth, but he looks like him. He kind of looks like him, yeah. I don't think that... Um, I think looks definitely has something to do with the male part, uh, you know, with playing the male part in this movie. So who do you um, find more attractive, Michael Douglas? Oh, or, Michael Douglas yeah. by a long shot. Okay. Are you kidding me? And he can be, you know, he can, he's not all that attractive now, but let's face uh-huh. it, he's, and you know, granted, he's had health issues or whatever, mm-hmm. so, but he still looks good, you know yeah. what I mean? He's not, yeah. he's getting saggy and, you know, baggy and things like that, but that's kind of what you expect. It's not like... Mm-hmm. 
When we figure out in the last episode that he was in his, what, 40s when he made this mid-40s, movie? Mid-40s, I think, when he did Basic he Instinct He looks pretty one. good. I mean, for a guy in his mid-40s, yeah. I would do him. I'm, I'm just saying. Okay. At that time. Not yeah. right now. Because gross. Shriveled man penis. I don't want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> but... Yeah. Um. Yeah, this other guy, this David Morrissey. I, See, at the same time, he did this movie along with this movie with the Hillary Swank called The Reaping about the seven about the uh, plagues of Egypt hitting the New Orleans or something. The locust, the blood in the river. It uh, was. It wasn't a big movie, but he did. Th- he was trying to break into the American market with this movie. And I didn't, think he didn't failed. Really, he did fail. Yeah, and uh, I think he's really dry. And I know these actors are British. I love British movies and British actors. I think oftentimes they're better than American actors or seem to, I don't know, give more emotion into the performances. But everything in Basic Instinct 2 is so motherfucking goddamn lifeless. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't really... uh, I think he's got nice eyes. Yeah. Um, But in looking at all of these other things that he's done, I can, like, I'm looking at this going, I don't know any of these. Oh, Doctor Who. Some okay. of the new Doctor Who, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Whoopee. Uh, yeah. I mean, the only time he gets emotion in his face is when he yells at her, for like, stop fucking smoking. Yeah, that and like at the very end when, yeah, yeah, yeah. which I'm not going to really yeah. completely say, but he gives like a little hint of um, something in there. But um, I, and maybe that's how his character was because he was awfully, he was so much more rigid with his character than Michael Douglas was. Michael Douglas Yeah, at that the point, difference being in this one, she f- fucks around with a psychologist. In the first one, she fucks around with a cop. But mm-hmm. it's almost like Basic Instinct 2 is trying to remake Basic Instinct 1. Exactly. But they're just trying to do it in a different time, a different setting. and But it's like all clothes. his close friends die. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other actors in the movie, I'd rather... Did you like David Thewlis as the Detective Washburn? He had the walrus mustache. He is all right. In an interview, he admitted this movie was a piece of shit, and he did it only because he could get it all the filming done before his newborn daughter uh, was born. Wow. So it, it fit in the schedule, and that's why he did it. Well, good for him then. I mean, yeah. I'm glad to see that he did that. I know this. I mean, I've seen... Actually, I've probably seen this guy more in movies. He's in some of the Harry <clears> Potters. <throat> uh, yeah. Something or other. I don't... Yeah, like... uh. The Deathly Hollows 1, 2, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. What the hell are these Harry Potter things? I'm sorry, but There's can we never do Harry Potter, please? I, I don't, I'm not crazy about Harry Potter. My wife loves them. We have them. We own them all on Blu-ray at home. And uh, I, I only read the first book and thought, if I was a kid, I'd like this. And to me, the movies make no sense because I can't follow what's fucking going on. This guy was in The Big Lebowski. What? Yes. Who was he in Big Lebowski? Knox Harrington. Huh. Okay, it was the painter, maybe? No, there was a woman. Oh, whatever. I haven't uh, seen that movie in over a decade. Yeah, I don't but, know. Okay, that's interesting. But you've seen him in stuff. Yeah, I mean, I've seen him in stuff. I'm trying. I'm kind of like looking through his list right now, and uh, nothing that really completely jumps to mind, but he just he looks more familiar to me than the other mm-hmm. guy does. He's like one of those not quite character actors, but could be. Yeah. Uh, if he maybe applied himself a little more <laughs> or something. Um, but I mean, he's like the Harry Potter guy. So you can't really, I'm sure more people know who, who he is than I do. I just, I've never, it's not, I'm not a fan of it. So, um, right. but yeah, I thought his character was uh, actually kind of, uh, kind of annoying. Um, he actually had the most, as far as like any of the male characters went, had the most sense of dynamics to him. Yeah, there's a bit In of a an arc to his character. You also had a... I think some of the tabloid journalist guy was sort of interesting. 
we didn't spend enough time with him. No, and that's the big... In the first movie, I cared about the characters. Even though they're all like fat, sweaty cops <laughs> that yell and drink all the time, you know. I cared about them when some of them died, or they weren't all cops, I guess. When some of the characters died, I was kind of surprised, even though I'd seen the movie before. So, uh, it's something where... I don't know. You have to care about characters before you kill them off. Exactly. For it to make a difference. Yeah. And... um so, onto the plot. Basic Instinct 1 started with the infamous scene of a uh, the ice pick stabbing. Mm-hmm. And this one starts with uh, Sharon Stone using a unconscious drugged man's hand to finger herself as she's speeding off the edge of a dock. Oh, yeah. She's brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Who would have thought? Sharon Stone... I think that's how she does all her dates. She sort of drugs them <laughs> unconsciously, and uh, why? But see, that's the thing. I don't has them I give don't, her a hand job. So I don't speak. get it. The very be- I mean, I get that he's drugged because he's like, uh-huh. oh, I don't know where I'm, you know, yeah. you know, and like even like the first line, he said something like, "Am I driving?" And she's like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, you're driving really fast," or some stupid yeah. fucking thing. This movie thinks it's clever. It does, and that's just that's <sighs> the annoying part about it. But here's the thing: I don't get. Okay. This guy was actually fairly good looking. He was like a good looking, what was it, like Puerto Rican or black guy? He was supposed to be a soccer player, but you never get that. No, you, who cares what he does? Uh-huh. He seems like he's good looking. Maybe why he should would have been she, the lead. Why would yeah. she have to drug him in order to get finger banged? I mean, come on. Why? I mean, we, I don't you, understand you know, I that. Think maybe she's used to going to the gynecologist. She likes the cold feel of metal. And by having <laughs> like a, a, a numb hand, oh, that's Matt. the closest she can get. Other than the rusty spoon in the glove compartment. Oh, that's disgusting. Why would you even go there? He's still alive. He's not dead and cold yet. No, that's true. I don't know. I think the character of Catherine Schmel, played by Sharon Stone, is so fucked up. Needs so such an extreme just to even start to get her off. That this is what she's come to. You know, since the first <laughs> no movie. No pun intended. Since, yeah, <laughs> since, since the first movie, the internet's been about. The internet has allowed a lot of uh, people with... Uh, out of the weird fetishes to communicate with each other and allow their fetishes to grow and seem less, I guess, weird as in the eye of the beholder to the average person. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. That's I, I'm trying to make up a more interesting explanation of what the movie gives us. But as an opening scene, it's kind of, I don't want to say fun, but I wish the rest of the movie had, was this weird, was this... Silly. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's just it. Is, is that within the first, you know, first, what, five, ten minutes, I'm just, I'm rolling because this is so ridiculous. It's so <laughs> funny. Right. What kind of dumb bitch are you that you're driving this fast car and it's a fucking clutch. You got two pedals on there, lady. And you're sitting there trying to get off and trying to shift and do the whole thing. And you're closing your eyes. What are you? You are a retarded lady. Okay, Sharon? So you're stupid. Why would you do this? <laughs> you just crashed the car. You killed the guy. And yeah. you didn't even like, it's just stupid. She's stupid. It's disappointing to see such a, a smart character. Yeah, that's just it. To, that's what I don't understand. I mean, everything else was so plotted. Get, everything have else. Have to get fingered by an unconscious Puerto Rican. Yeah. I mean, that's just, I don't get that. Everything else is is so thought out and very well planned and very um, manipulative. This just seemed out of character right from the very beginning. You know, a nugget of wisdom just entered my head. I think that movie, that scene is a metaphor for the entire film. How so? I think the audience is the unconscious uh, soccer player. And Sharon Stone is using the audience to masturbate 
to make so the audience thinks the entire time the whole movie is Sharon Stone looking oh aren't I good looking aren't I clever aren't I witty okay that's that didn't work did it I'm 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 trying to follow that one okay scratch that okay that didn't I work. Mean, maybe it does because I was tra- just the whole movie. Like it, whenever Sharon Stone is on the screen, she just acts extra sultry, extra. I don't know. She tries to seduce the audience, but it doesn't really work this time around. No, I mean it Despite does because despite the fact that she looks great and all these things, but the characters are flat. Basic Instinct got, two got made only because Sharon Stone willed it to live. Well, I think it was because <laughs> she realized, you know what, guys, I'm hitting middle age. Yeah. I still look great. I yeah. have a great hairdresser. I have a great wardrobe crew. I want to be in a movie and I want to say the word come a million times. Mm-hmm. And I think it, honestly, I think this was her midlife crisis. That makes sense. I think this that's movie, a better explanation than my labored metaphor. Yeah. I think this movie was her midlife crisis. And I think it almost went from the, the opening scene of the car accident to her career is like did. a car accident. Yeah, because I mean, yeah. really, when you think about like how, like how the movie is, how it progresses, and how it ends, mm-hmm. it's like the the ending scene. At you know, again, well, we probably won't tell you too no. much about that, but she ends up how I think that she probably would have started the movie. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. And then like the ending or the beginning could have been the end. See, I didn't think things got interesting really until the last fifteen minutes. I think it started to get. A bit mm-hmm. of a pace to it. But the beginning, we talked about the scene and, you know, this guy, she gets out of the car underwater alive and he he dies and uh, they go to court and she has a court-appointed uh, shrink, mm-hmm. which is Dr. Glass, played by David Morrissey. And um, he's very stiff. He's very frigid. His name is Dr. Glass. His office is full of big windows. The whole uh, profession of uh, being a, a psychologist or shrink, however you want to put it, is, you know, they are not supposed to cast stones. Or they can cast all the stones they want at you, but you can't Just cast stones at them. Just not a Sharon Stone. Yeah, not, you don't want to cast a Sharon Stone. Yeah. So <laughs> that metaphor didn't work either. No, not really. See, Basic Instinct 2, it's so hard to talk about. It's not even so bad, it's fun. I wish it was. I wish this was like Showgirls. <laughs> I've never seen it. No? <laughs> no. Oh my God, you should. Because it's so bad, it's good. Too bad it doesn't have a sequel. Oh, yeah, yeah that's true. Uh, yeah, I mean, Jesus. this this whole... This whole thing where she so she gets this coin court appointed doctor glass guy yeah. and he's trying to play it cool and then he eventually goes to court and says yeah you know what I think she's okay but, but she, she has a risk addiction a risk addiction which and is an interesting concept mm-hmm. in that oh it's not my fault I'm addicted to risky situations and I mean this is a real thing for people in real life you know people that become a stunt man or stunt woman or that do extreme skydiving or whatever crazy sports there are, mm-hmm. they have some uh, some gene in them that makes them want to take an extreme risk. Oh, but yeah. hers, you know, often combine the violent and the sexual. The basic instincts, I think, as the movie literally says in a line of dialogue mm-hmm. that thuds you over the head with what it's talking about. Uh, yeah, I don't... Um, so Dr. Glass, yeah. he has an ex-wife that he stays in contact with, kind of. But he's also, I don't, I don't think he has a girlfriend. He just sort of. No, he just, uh, I think as soon as he, around. yeah, as soon as he meets Sharon Stone, then he's like getting a lot more sex in his life. And again, this is just like a scene from the first film where Michael Douglas talks to her and she uncrosses her legs. Mm-hmm. And uh, what do you think of the take of the uncrossing the leg scene in this one? 
the chair? Yes. Um, you know, I thought it was a little weird because well, let's I describe what it, happens in the scene. So it it's similar. It happened a lot talk- later in the movie than I thought it would. That's true. Yeah, I think. I think you're right. They have so many sessions where nothing fucking happens between the two of them. No. They just blacked out, I think. No, and that's just it. Is, is, I mean, I honestly, I watched this on like a Sunday morning. It was literally I'm like... sorry. I know. I uh, defiled God or something, but um, I woke up and had my coffee and like literally started watching it. So I was, I was awake. Did you have Jack Daniels in your coffee? No, I did not. You should have. I had sugar. Sugar. Yes, that was my Jack Daniels. <laughs> um, but I, I was actually kind of surprised how much I flew through it. And I do think I've actually seen this. Oh, I really? think I've seen it before because they were just, again, it was kind of like the be. first one. Like, yeah. there were way too many pieces, like with the, the Road Warrior series. Like, uh-huh. this just seems way too familiar okay. to me. Um, I was able to get through it all just fine. But I was surprised at how long it took for them to actually fuck. Yes. It took like to the first one. an hour and a half. Yeah, the whole movie is so much more restrained. And uh, do you want to know the reason for that? Mm. So the um, this movie was rated R. They had to do a lot of cuts to get it down to rated R in America. And even though um, in the United States they released a uh, a DVD and a Blu-ray, only the DVD has the unrated version. But that's still not as explicit as the what we saw on Netflix Instant was the R-rated version. Mm. But even the unrated American DVD is less explicit than the European cut that had two whole sex sequences cut out, one of which was a menage a trois between Sharon Stone, a chick, and maybe David Morrissey. I'm not even sure. Uh, it might be part of that orgy scene or something where you didn't see a lot going yeah. on. Yeah. So a- and yeah. there was another sex scene between David Morrissey and Sharon Stone that got cut out. Huh. And you can feel the absence, not necessarily where those sex scenes would be, but the first movie had... It had a lot of it. A lot they of sex, a lot, a lot of, of nudity. Sex. And yeah. here, you know, it's like the chair blocking Sharon Stone, flashing him with the vagina. The whole movie is that chair. Mm-hmm. It's very restrained in how people talk and what they show. And part of the reason people go to a basic instinct film, whether it's a good reason or not, is to see nudity. Duh. Yeah, right? that's just, right. that's just and it. And going to it and you're not getting it, it's like saying, well, I'm going to go to the um, frozen yogurt store but I'm not going to get any frozen yogurt. I'm going to show restraint. Right. That's I'm going to laugh at people and say, hey, you're eating frozen yogurt in a frozen yogurt store. You're so lame. Right. Now I see what you're going with it. Yeah. Yeah. It was incredibly restrained. And yeah, I didn't, um, it's not that I didn't appreciate the fact that they didn't like do it and you didn't really see any nudity. I mean, you mm-hmm. saw a little bit from her in the orgy scene, but again, that wasn't until like, you know, the like an hour, get, 45 minutes into yeah. it, you know, I understand. I think the orgy scene up. was one of my favorites, way too short for my liking, mm-hmm. just because Dr. Glass gets obsessed with Sharon Stone and he chases her and he thinks, oh my God, she's being kidnapped, she's going to be raped. And so instead of running into the building after her, he kind of goes to the, well, he does he that. Does. He, he goes can't find her. He goes to the rooftop and sees a, a skylight and sees an orgy and uh, Sharon Stone is having sex with the guy who, you know, enacted the rape fantasy thing. Mm-hmm. And she looks at him and I swear she she winks or something. Yeah, she smiles <laughs> and she winks and she's like, ha I know that you're watching me fuck this guy. Da, 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 da. Shouldn't say it, obviously, yeah. but, you know. Um, it's kind of uh, preposterous. Yeah, so I think the reason that, like, even though I didn't appreciate the fact that they didn't do it until later, I think what it does is that it actually produces that much more sexual tension with Dr. Glass right, than sure. anything else. But the, the lead up to it was not nearly as good as it was with Michael Douglas. No, and the movie isn't just about the extended sexual tension, pardon the pun. It is 
<laughs> it is the uh, psychological breakdown of a man. Yeah, and you can tell that as the movie progresses, he looks more and more like shit, just like Michael Douglas did. But not as well as Michael Douglas did. Exactly. He doesn't have a partner to confide in. He doesn't do anything except, I guess, fuck more chicks a little bit rougher. Mm-hmm. But and then he stops having sex with a chick to answer his phone. Yeah. <laughs> well, but he... You get, you get an ass he shot. didn't answer the phone. It was the lady that left a message. Mm. Like, you need... It was his ex-wife. Right. You need to get over here. You need to get over here now. And so then he stopped having sex because he's like, oh, shit. The ex-wife is calling. What the fuck does she want? I think that's how he does... Uh, that's how he prevents uh, conception. Mm. He, yeah, probably. He has his ex-wife call. Yeah. He sends her a text I, message. Yeah. Call and, you know, call two minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I got. I only got two minutes. That's all I got. You know, it's, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> How many more people are, maybe it was like an even amount, but how many people that were close to Dr. Glass uh, die in this movie? And actually, it I was, was a lot in the first movie. What, it was his ex-wife. It was a random girl he'd been sleeping with. There's a tabloid journalist and there's also a newspaper reporter. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And there's the um, Vin Diesel looking dude who was fucking yep. Sharon Stone. And that you said he the saw ex, through right? the windows. I did say the ex-wife, okay. yeah. Okay. And um, again, the ex-wife thing might have meant something if you would have spent time with that character. I thought mm-hmm. the ex-wife was pretty. Uh, yeah. Maybe not. Uh, okay. Like, I mean, they teach their own. Teach their own. Yeah. Um, I like the way that this kind of plays into the whole professionalism thing because before mm, with right. Michael Douglas, Ethics. it was like he was just a cop. You know what I mean? It's just like sure, there was a definitely a certain mm-hmm. amount of risk with that, but with the other yeah. So for the sequel, if it would have been the cop again, just in England, you know they're they tried, mm-hmm. not as hard as they should have, not as hard as they think. They're trying to be clever, and I think the first movie was clever and witty and had characters you cared about, and this one's just really dry. Like, yeah, I would agree that it's... All the fun is sucked out of it. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, and I don't know as if it's because it's the profession. I mean, if they had, like, an mm. auto mechanic, I don't know as if it would make <laughs> it any better. Um, but there was, like, more of a sense of professionalism with the guy's profession. It's like, he's yeah. up for this award, and he's meeting this other shaggy-haired guy for some kind of evaluation. That shaggy-haired guy was crazy. He was weird, and I've seen him before in other movies. I and cannot I, find that actor's name. Because I looked um, at Wikipedia, not IMDb. But he talks in an accent that's really difficult to understand. Well, yeah, he's like German It's like a Germanic or accent or something. Yeah. And he looks like a, a weird Albert Einstein or Beethoven or something with the wavy locks. Yeah. I do not remember what his name was. Did he die? I don't even no, remember. No, he didn't die. No, so yeah, that's what I was going to say because I was actually kind of... Was it Henry Rose? I Maybe. was actually surprised that he didn't uh, that he did not pass away, and I was very surprised that somebody oh the old lady, right yeah, um, who was, um, she's been in stuff to Charlotte Rampling. Or, yes, yes, yeah, as Melina Gardish. Mm-hmm. She used to be a model, I think, is how she started her career. But um, yeah, she's she's fine. She's very. Everyone in the movie is so restrained. I know that's part of British society. It's probably trying to be a commentary on that. Oh, look, here's a loosey-goosey American <laughs> chick right. going to England. You know, not unlike the uh, uh, the British comedy A Fish Called Wanda with John Cleese and Kevin Klein and Jamie Lee Curtis mm-hmm. from the late 80s. Except that was a comedy. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, you know, either way. Mm. Um, yeah, I can't find anything about this other guy. So, well. So was it more satisfying when Dr. Glass finally ended up fucking uh, Catherine? No, that's just it. It was even way... though there was all the extended sexual tension. Yeah, but that's just it. Is that there? You could feel the sexual tension from him. You couldn't necessarily feel it from her because she was just toying with him, and you could tell that there was a difference yeah. in her toying with this guy than there was with her toying with Michael Douglas. I think um, Nick. I don't know what we're calling him. Um, because I think there was like a genuine attraction. I think with Dr. Glass, it was like, I'm going to fuck you up. What if Hugh Grant would have played Dr. Glass? <laughs> that too tough of a pill to swallow? I can't. No. 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 Mm. It wouldn't have worked. Hugh Grant is too cute. You know what I mean? It's like there's yeah. like a certain quality about Michael Douglas. There's even a certain quality about this other dude. I think um, Richard Gere could have done it, even though he's not British. Mm. He's older. I, I I don't know. We've been talking yeah. about other Dr. Glasses too much. I'm just so disappointed after Michael Douglas has such an energetic, forceful performance. Yeah, but do you blame him for not wanting to do this? No, I don't. I think he might have had fun working with Sharon Stone on another project, but Basic Instinct was so loaded at the time, I don't think you'd want to... Everyone would say, oh, this isn't as good as the second one. I mean, look, recently Michael Douglas did Wall Street 2 Money Never Sleeps mm-hmm. with a Shia LaBeouf and a um, Josh Brolin, and that didn't do as well as people thought it would. It did good for a, a, a an economic thriller, yeah, <laughs> as it were. But, you know, it didn't... Everyone is saying, oh, it's not as good as the first one. So, I mean, that's the problem with going into a sequel, especially after so many years. Mm-hmm. It's like with the Star Wars Episode One Phantom Menace or whatever. There's all that buildup. There's no way you can lead up to how good the first one was. No. And even as, you know, as good as the first one was, I think that this just, it tried too hard. Yeah. It had, it had these qualities that it was, yeah, it was just trying too hard. And all of the other like innuendos, I think what, the other thing that was funny was, um, she's still constantly like Robert had brought up last week. She's still constantly smoking. And you know, that's where we see like Dr. Glass really get upset with her. her Yeah. She gets, he gets really upset. That's sort of funny. But her lighter is of the building in London, I guess, England. I don't know what building it is. It has little diamonds on it, doesn't it? Yeah, and I meant to look this up before we started. But you said it it, it looks like a vibrator? Yeah, it looks like a little, like a suppository. Like a like a like okay. a dildo-y suppository right. type thing, and I honestly I I'm sorry because I meant to look it up uh, what the building was, but she has this lighter that she carries around with her, and it's just like there's like you know that has to be intentional. Oh, totally, and that's just it. <laughs> it's just like normally it should have been something fairly subliminal and you know kind of nonchalant, and this was just like bam, she like puts the lighter on well, the that counter. That makes me think of the like, scene from a movie that had a remake, a Thomas Crown Affair, where there's a scene where yeah. the two characters are playing chess. And the messing around with the little pointy, uh, nipply-looking bits mm-hmm. on top of the, but that flogging was okay. the bishop that, or whatever. Yeah. But that's sort of subtle. That's kind of playful. That's clever. Yeah. It's like if I had a, I don't know, if you had a lighter that looked like a penis, that, that would have been more uh, obvious. Yeah, I guess this was more of like a but, like a bullet vibrator suppository type still, thing. But still, it's just you know? lame. Like, I don't know. I mean, none of these basic instinct movies are really shocking anymore as much as they're trying to be. Mm-hmm. And this one pushes the envelope more. But I, I thought things in the Nicolas Cage movie Eight Millimeter were more disturbing. Mm, uh, never saw it. Maybe. Oh well, it has Nicolas Cage, and he's investigating sex crimes. But. Oh. What did you think of the uh, of the scene where Doctor Glass he gets so frustrated and so ticked off, kind of towards the end that he yeah. attacks Catherine? Love it. 
in, in, the, the, in hot the hot tub. tub. Mm-hmm. That's great. It reminded me of a video game where you're in the final stage, the final boss, you're in the castle of the bad guy, and there's Sharon Stone at the top floor of the final uh, fortress, naked in a hot tub. I, I think it totally worked, and that Sharon Stone just laughs at him as she's being strangled <laughs> by this skinny British dude. Mm-hmm. I think it works so well. I wish the whole movie... Because you actually had action happening in that scene. I know, there and was like water cha- splashing. Yeah, you had car chases and shit in the first movie. Mm-hmm. This one has none of that. No. Except the finger bane car crash in the beginning. That's it. That's all the that, action that's all you they get. Have. So, I liked it. I wish the whole movie would have been ridiculous and over the top and funnier. And I don't know if that's if people go to Basic Instinct looking for comedy, but... You know, at this point, I would have taken comedy over what I had to watch. Jim Carrey as Dr. Glass. Hey. Maybe. No. That would actually be kind of funny. <laughs> Him being playing it totally straight. That or would like actually... like a Dumb and Dumber style Jim Carrey. Uh, wow. Ace Venturi talks out of his ass. That I, I would fall for that. Yeah, if I were Sharon Stone, I'd tap that. <laughs> <laughs> Top that cloaca. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> God. Um, yeah, no, the the swimming or the, the drowning scene or whatever. Did you like it? I yeah, I did. I couldn't help but kinda laugh a little bit. Um I was never see that's just the thing is, is that I was never concerned for Catherine. I was never I've never been yeah. concerned with the only person that I was concerned with in this whole movie was the older lady. Mm. Um I was never concerned for Catherine. I was for concerned her for the crazy uh the crazy shrink too, the crazy doctor with the wavy hair. I wasn't concerned with him no. either because I don't think he was enough of a monument. Mm. I mean, he was a monumental character in the fact that he he really kind of helped determine uh, where Dr. Glass was going to be going in his future. Yeah. But right. I, I saw, I, I was actually really kind of hoping that Sharon Stone, that Catherine would have like fucked that guy. Like you would have seen it in some way, shape or form hmm. that it was like a different kind of maybe like daddy issue. Oh, yeah, maybe. You know, because I think at that point she sees like the older lady and the older guy maybe as like mentors of sorts or like older people in that profession of psychology that she looks up to and respects that she would never hurt. Um, But I didn't see enough conniving from her to want to hurt those other people. The old lady, yes. Mm -hmm. But um, and that was kind of one of the parts at the end where um, she was kind of like protecting her but it's like well are they really like lesbian lovers because at this point it's Sharon Stone I, there's you know, one scene of them holding hands or something yeah. talking outside of the house yeah and now so I think mild. it was just like a friendly conversation like yeah. kind of thing but yeah it just made me wonder if they had a relationship other than patient mm. uh, you know patient doctor because at one point Dr. Glass says I can't do this actually she, she terminates the therapy yeah. Because she started right. going to him after the whole trial thing, and she's like, I really need help with this problem. And he's so fucking stupid, too, because he's like, oh, yes, okay, I'll help you. Well, it's not an ethical problem that he helps her when he was the he had even the said, court-appointed Yeah, he had said that it was an ethical thing, and she's yeah. like, all right, fine, if you don't want my money, blah, 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 blah. She kind of pitched a fit about it, and she got her way. Mm-hmm. And she got her way because she had seduced him. Yes. That's, so that's what she does. She seduced him with her hoo-ha, so, uh, you know, I guess it works. I, I guess, yeah. Yeah. I wasn't surprised that she had terminated the therapy, and I wasn't surprised that she went over to the other lady. Surprised that she didn't no. kill the older lady. It was kind of fun. You kind of have, not to spoil anything, but you have the cop and the psychologist team up at the end, kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of. You know, ostensibly to go and catch Sharon Stone once and for all. 
and that had some life to it. And uh, this movie, even if it had like a few more action scenes, a few more sex scenes, and a few less psychology scenes, it could have gone from poor to okay. Yeah. I guess so. Um, yeah, if there was more action, a lot more sex. And mm-hmm. that's the thing that it was like the basic instinct. The first one was very um, was a very sexual movie. Now, and the I one I liked you to watch was the unrated one of Basic Instinct. Yes, and I have that over there for you that you need to get. You may remind okay. me to give that back sure. to you. Um, yeah, it was the uncut director's yeah. edition or whatever. And yeah, there was a lot of nudies in there. There yeah. was a lot of, lot of nakedness in there. And uh so when I watched this one, granted, we I watched it off of Netflix. I think you I did, did too. too. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if it's because, hey, it's Netflix. It's still, it is rated R. If they still cut a lot of it out. I mean, you mentioned they, they some did. of the cuts, but it just doesn't seem like it would have been like all that extensive what they cut. It almost feels like they could put this on TV without a problem. I mean, other than they, they would dub the language. Oh, yeah. Of like, I want you to stick a plum in my mouth or whatever. <laughs> We should have found one for... <laughs> damn it. <laughs> for Basic Instinct too. We should have found one for this one, but I don't I'm think... I'm sure they've shown it on FX or something, you would think, right? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I feel sorry for people that may have watched it. Yeah. On FX. I'm sorry, too. Yeah. I, it, maybe it never was on FX. I don't know. I mean, I, I think in movies nowadays, there's a lot less sex and nudity than there was certainly in the 80s mm-hmm. or the 70s. Yeah. And when you do, it's usually nudity for comedy it's like haha it's a guy's penis right so in this one it's trying to be we're going to bring back the sexual thriller with basic instinct 2 you know what it didn't work has there been any movie since basic instinct that that you've seen i guess that has tried to do that same sort of thing because we noted at the time you had fatal attraction you had disclosure you had michael douglas stuff basically yeah uh, yeah, which I, I haven't seen either of those, but I uh-huh. did notice that uh, Disclosure was available Netflix streaming. Oh, is it? I'll have to check that yeah, out. It was Michael so. Crichton. I've never I usually like his mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, I was actually going to watch that after watching uh-huh. uh, Basic Instinct 2 just to try to get a Michael Douglas fix. Um, so, But I didn't. I ended up watching Jewel of the Nile instead. That has a uh, wonderful titular uh, theme song. It also has a sequel. Well, that is the sequel. Oh, maybe it was Romancing the Stone. The first one. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. I, I guess see. Yeah, I get the two confused. See, that's why you should never have sequels with two totally different names. Like the Road Warrior and like the Road Warrior it's 2. And the, enough. But we get that. We get it. It's confusing enough. But when yeah. you have like Romancing the Stone and Jill the Nile, which one came first? Right. You need to have a one and a two. Yep. Or like, hey, this is the beginning and then this is the sequel or the end or just something to allude to the fact that this is the second one. I feel that when I go to the bathroom, I have to have a one or a two. Sometimes right. you can have a three. Three. Blah. Two plus one equals three. Oh, I see. Yeah, you could... Out the mouth. Thank you. <laughs> I, I'm very... Uh, how are we doing on time here? Uh, We've got a little while. Okay, good, <laughs> good. Basic Instinct 2. So we've, we've covered a lot of the plot, a lot of the characters, and all these things. So uh, why don't we rate Basic Instinct 1 and 2? Oh, okay. I'm so sorry we don't have uh, Mr. Wagner on with us. I know. I'm really disappointed he wasn't but here. Waggles would have given him a good review. Oh, uh, yeah, he would have. Um, Basically, I, so out of five stars, remember. Okay. okay. So you say what you're going to give Basic Instinct 1, then I'll say what I gave Basic Instinct 1. Okay. And then you do two and I do two. Go. Okay. So for Basic Instinct 1, yeah. I will give it a four and a half. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I think as per the time, you can just like take the 80s aside. 
Yeah. Let's just go ahead and discard that. Um, that it was very, uh, very poignant, very true to itself. Uh, it's <laughs> says what it was going to do. You know what I mean? It's just like it is a psycho, psychosexual thriller. Four and a half out of five. Four tacos. and a half out of five. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? I would give it four out of five. Okay. Like I appreciate it more now. I, I'm always kind of scarred by that uh, teenage childhood experience I had watching. Yeah, Basic I would be Instant, too. Yeah. Uh, with my dear papa. So, but I mean, I think it holds up. I think it's fun. I, I think it's something you could watch more than once and get a lot out of. Like um, God, three years ago, uh, my wife and I, before we were married and we were just dating, we were watching this on Netflix, watched instantly. And she had no interest. She doesn't even like Michael Douglas. She doesn't like looking at him. She thinks he looks oily all the time, which to be fair, he does. He does. And, um, but even she was sucked into this movie Mm -hmm. and she was really interested to see what happened next. Yeah. So I think it holds up. Okay. Um, basic instinct two. basic instinct two. you gave one, four and a half out of five. (laughs) I would probably have to give it a, uh, how many stars is that? Oh, one and a half. That many. Oh yeah. Okay. That's generous. And the only reason for the Should anyone half, watch this movie in your opinion? No. No. I think honestly, if you want to see a uh totally different Sharon Stone, you want to see a sexier Sharon mm-hmm. Stone, then that would be the only reason to watch this movie. Is yeah. that if you are a Sharon Stone fan, you cannot get enough of her right. about the way she talks, about the way that anything is, um, then yes, see it. The ending of this movie is not even worth I mean I don't even care who killed who or who did what. I (laughs) mean, you know. And And the plot twist at the very end feels really cheap and it feels like you're being led on by that's not really happened either. Right. And I mean, I don't know what happened, but, and I'm like, I'm slightly curious (laughs) and I'm sure that there's like enough, you know, analyzation that can occur within, you know, who did what to who. No, I bet in 20 years, Sharon Stone is going to do Basic Instinct 3 with Justin Bieber. I think that she, if that's the case, then yeah. I will personally be on that set to make sure that she beats him over the head with her walker. Okay. No, that's a bad idea. Why would you say that? I don't know. Huh. Yeah, so I give it one and a half one only half. because I think Sharon Stone looks great in this film. That's it. You know, Basic Instinct 2, uh, Sharon Stone talks about how she wants people to come in her mouth. Uh, I wish this movie never came into my <laughs> life. Basic Instinct 2 is awful. I give it, why don't I, I give it half a star. I watched this movie once, falling asleep several times, and I'd, I'd wake up and say, okay, I saw most of this movie. I wasn't even aware of who the characters were, why they were talking. I had to start this over from the beginning oh, no. and watch it split up before work, uh, you know, Monday and Friday this past week. And even then, at the end, I was like, why did I bother? And I know from tweeting with Robert Wagner, I don't know what he'd rate it, but he he doesn't like it either. Mm-mm. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. It is dull. It is lifeless. The first one had life, was fun. It's a half a star, Basic Instinct 2 for me. Okay. So I think that might be good. We can tease a bit and talk a bit about what we're going to do in the next few weeks. Okay, go for it. On yeah. sequel cast. Mm-hmm. It's a, a trilogy of films people have been requesting called uh, Electronic Policeman. Ooh. An exciting thriller about uh, Bobby De Niro plays a cop that gets gunned down and he becomes an electronic policeman. Oh, wait, my notes are messed up. It's Rebel Cop. Peter Weller Yay! as RoboCop. And 1, 2, and 3, that whole trilogy is available on Netflix instantly. Sweet. Which is great because it's unusual you get a movie and its sequel on Watch Instantly. And another sequel. And another sequel, right. 
There's and, three of them. Okay. And, and did you know with RoboCop, they did a lot of spinoffs, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about in the RoboCop 3 episode. They okay. had two cartoon series for an extremely violent movie, I might add. Really? Yeah. And they also had a live action TV show and they had a live action uh, miniseries huh. like four years ago that had names like, uh, I, I don't know, like RoboCop Meltdown or something like that. Nice. Uh, there's been several actors that have played RoboCop, and uh, RoboCop, like Batman, is kind of about the different actor that plays RoboCop. You know, it's all about the chin uh-huh. and, the, and the lips. Right, right, right. The sensuous lips, because that's all you can see mm-hmm. of the character. Have you ever seen any of the RoboCops before? Uh, I see, I've seen the first one. That's about first it. One. A long yeah. time ago, I'm betting. Mm, actually, I just rewatched it within the did last you? year. Yes. Oh, okay. I did. You're throwing one of your RoboCop parties. Uh, I was. I was yeah. throwing it for a party of one. Ooh. Myself. Okay. Um, and it's funny because you always like, I, like you tweet out, I'm watching RoboCop and uh-huh. I buy that for you. Get all these bots <laughs> following you. Seriously, there's like five of them. It's great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would re- recently just watched that within the past year. Okay. And it was on Netflix. So it was not, lo- not that long ago. It also has the dad from uh, that 70s show in it. It was like the main bad guy. Oh, yeah. He was good too. Clarence Boddicker. Mm. Very cool. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't really, and I don't really, I have to look at him. I don't know exactly okay. who he is, so. So, you know, catch us on Twitter at SequelCast or at SabrinaPDX. Mm-hmm. So this is Matt. And I'm Sabrina. Saying tune in next week for the sequel cast to hear us talk about uh, the first of the RoboCop trilogy, RoboCop. Go to SequelCast.com. SequelCast at gmail.com is the email. And um, check out RoboCop, uh, SequelCast on Facebook. <laughs>